and I'm not saying you're wrong in any sense. Uh, I agree with you. Better I not just... be. Be the last time on the show. <laughs> Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. What's up, folks? Welcome back to the show. And and if I sound a little fired up, well, it's because, well, A, I'm always fired up for liberty, but B, I'm even more fired up when I get to talk about liberty over a few adult beverages with my fellow lions. And that's exactly what we're going to do in today's episode, which is episode number 286, by the way. Why is that important? Well, it's because you can find the show notes where we'll link to all sorts of things mentioned in today's show over at lionsofliberty.com slash 286. Of course, while you're over there browsing the old World Wide Web, I'd like to encourage you to consider helping to support this program. We've got all sorts of perks for those of you who choose to support us by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. You can learn more about that over at lionsofliberty.com slash support. And without further ado, it's time for another edition of Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. And before I bring in my guests, I want to introduce my first guest of sorts. It's actually my drink, my dark and stormy, currently in my hand, and occasionally touching my lips like it's going to... Uh, Right now, um, dark rum, ginger beer, great combination, folks. I didn't want to forget because I always forget to, to... let you know what I'm drinking over here, but one guy who never forgets to let me know what he's drinking. He is a Lions of Liberty co-founder. He is the host of the Felony Friday podcast. He resides in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He is the one and the only, as far as I know, John Odermatt. What's up, Odie? What's happening, man? And that is true. Sometimes I do just call you out of the blue and just tell you what I'm drinking just because I wanted That's to share true. it. At all times of day. Yeah. It can be a, a very strange at times when I get a call at like, you know, 1130 in the morning with Odie just screaming, Screwdriver! All right. Whiskey. Thanks for, thanks for <laughs> the update, up. dude. I slammed my phone down. Not even, it's a cell phone. You can't really slam it down, but I still slam the cell phone down on my desk after. Yeah, you really got to temper the uh, the late morning drinking because uh, I don't want you to lose your job because we That's need true. your money to help continue to support this program. That's true. <laughs> Until our friends go over to lionsliberty.com slash support with many of you already have and sign up for the Lions Liberty Pride where you get to hear all sorts of outtakes. Our very first piece of audio that I just released the other week it features a bunch of outtakes from shows just like this one. And there's a lot of fun we have on air, but there's a lot of fun we have off air too. And you can Check that out by joining the Pride at the $5 or higher level, so be sure to go ahead and do that. Um, how's Pittsburgh doing, Odie? What are you drinking over there? I'm, I'm drinking a, a Bell's Two-Hearted, which is a delicious beer. It has some uh, very, very slight uh, notes of fruit. It's a just delicious beer to sip on while podcasting. But more importantly than the what I'm drinking, I think, is the koozie that I'm using that is nestled up against my beer. It is a Lions of Liberty koozie. And it's a, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen them out there listening. I posted them in the forum, a picture of it. But it's its the kind of faded, uh, old school beer logo type Lions of Liberty logo that we have on the koozie. It's a navy blue koozie. Very attractive looking and uh, sure to catch catch the eye of people, catch people's attention. Uh, so definitely, I want to encourage everyone to pick one up. You can pick them up at lionsofliberty.store. And I think they're like... Four bucks, something like that. So, You've really developed yeah. into, into quite the plugger. I didn't have, didn't even have to tee you up for the URL or anything. You got it all out there. Good stuff. 
I remember when, when you were just a, a wee baby podcaster, and I had to to force these plugs in, uh, down your throat, down everybody's throats. But now you guys just operate on your own. This is great stuff. I've I, sure. I've definitely brainwashed everybody into just plugging away at all times. I'm Success. all grown up. All grown up. Speaking of all grown up, I'd like to welcome back a guy who has been absent from this podcast for pretty much most of 2017. He did sneak into the Electric Liberty Land studios for a minute there, but uh, he has not been absent in our hearts, of course. That is because he is the man from whom I first learned about the ideas of liberty many a decade plus, plus, plus ago. He is known as the godfather here at Lions of Liberty, Mr. Howie Snowden from Leesburg, VA. Howie, what's up, man? What's happening, Lions? Roar. We're roaring. We're roaring and drinking. (laughs) I actually am not drinking because I gave up alcohol for Lent, except for Sundays. I don't think Jesus would want me to not drink on Sundays. Wow, that is an awful answer. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that like the opposite? Shouldn't you like not drink on Sundays and drink the other day? No, no, no. It's the Sabbath. You got to celebrate well, Howie, Howie is a religious man, folks, and, and you're going to hear – it's not, not what the com- common folk who listens to the show would ever think, but Howie's got his li- religious side to him. And uh, I guess giving up booze for not 40 days, so it's going to be more like you know, like 35 days or so, I guess, if you're drinking yeah. all, all the Sundays. Give or, give or take. I'll probably do better than uh, Brian did in January. Okay. What did he last, three days? <laughs> probably. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, I'd like to welcome in a a regular fixture here at Lions of Liberty, a regular fixture over on Electric Liberty Land. He appears just about everywhere. He's even been on Felony Friday this year. Uh, he is our own personal legal counsel, the man known simply as Rico. Rico, what's up? Hey, buddy. How are things? Things are wonderful, as usual. You know, I, I'm not going to try to fake it here. I, I was going to ask you what you're drinking, even knowing the, the circumstance that you're in right now. So why don't you well, just explain to the audience out there exactly where you are currently recording this podcast from? I also gave up drinking, but I gave up drinking in libraries for Lent, and that's where I'm at. So no alcohol for me. <laughs> you're literally in a library right now. Why are you in a library? Because <laughs> there's like a monsoon going around the Midwest. The The wind is ridiculous. And the power kept going on and off in my house. Uh, when the power goes out, my internet goes out, and uh, I'm the trooper. I can't be missing one of these. So here I am. There's too much to talk about. You know, many a man to- out there would just say, guys, I can't do it. I can't do the podcast. I'm just going to drink alone in the dark. Instead, you gave up the comforts of home. You gave up booze to come podcast here. I mean, that, if that doesn't show you got a little gusto for liberty, I, I don't know what does. Hey, exactly. I'm a... A hard man to keep out of the podcasting world. So here I am. All right. Well, Odie, you and I are going to have to drink double time because we got Howie with his fake half Lent and Rico's in the library. So this is certainly some interesting <laughs> circumstances for the LALDL. But, you know, the booze I, shall I gotta be tell you, I, I, I never thought I would hear you just mutter those two phrases. Rico's in a library and Howie is not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Gave it up for Lent. It's uh, it's crazy. Oh, that's the kind wow. of clip you would hear in a blooper reel, but that actually, you, you guys got that one for free. I don't think I've been in the library for 17 years. I don't, I could not tell you where there is a library in Los Angeles. I, I've heard they exist. I've heard rumors about them. I'm fairly certain they, we have them. Rico, you seem to have no trouble getting to the library in quick time. Do you actually go to the library regularly? I do. And really? it's actually, there's one right across from the rec center I work out at. 
Sometimes I like to read a book with actual pages and not just on the iPad. So Really? Do you read nice. in the library or do you, uh, <laughs> no. do you check books out? <laughs> no, no I, I actually uh, will check it out and take it home like, like in the old days. You know, some, some anarchists would say you might be a bad libertarian for using the, uh, the library, which was created from the stolen funds of your fellow citizens. Well, Somewhere. they might be correct. I don't know. They but I could be. actually direct you to two libraries in the Venice area. I know where they're at. So. <laughs> Rico knows more about the libraries 3,000 miles away. Actually, three. I do. I, I, they keep popping in my head in West L.A. I know where they're all at. I, I, must, I should create an app. Findmylibrary.com. <laughs> the Find the Library app for people that are savvy enough to have apps and smartphones but don't want to do any research or any reading on those actual devices. That's actually an interesting one. I think it's going to be a million-dollar idea. Folks, and for all of you that are joining the Pride and donating to us, I hate to tell you, we are probably going to use most of that money to now invest in Rico's library app. So just an FYI. Well, They'll get it back tenfold when it. Oh yeah, becomes it's a, it's an when Google buys like me said. out. Exactly. Anywho, uh, we did gather here today for a reason. As you guys know, here in 2017, I've really made an effort to get our listeners a little bit more involved in the show. And one way we've done that is by reading some mailbag questions and answering them. And today, we're all going to do that together. We're going to drink some booze, or at least some of us. And uh, those of us who aren't in libraries or on a kind of a half religious thing, and uh, we're going to give it a shot because it's time, folks. To answer some letters of liberty. This is another letters of liberty song. That last one I wrote was a downer. It somehow just fell wrong. The lion said they didn't like it. I'm not sure if that's true. So I'm gonna keep on writing till I find the one they do. So please help me validate my poor life choices. All right, and we got a, a brand new little jingle there for Letters of Liberty. Again, from our man, Dan Smots. Be sure to check him out at goulashmedia.net, goulashfilms.com. He's designed all of our T-shirts, which you can find over at lionsliberty.store, and he's pumped out a few jingles for us. So thanks, Dan, for that, because Lord knows nobody needs to hear me singing our way into this segment again. But time to dive into the mailbag right now. And our very first question comes from Drake Lundstrom. And Drake asks... Having a conversation with a friend of mine and would love for some lions to join in. Well, great. You've come to the right place, Drake. It was based off the Nuremberg trials, and we were going into what would happen to people in the U.S. if we en ever ended up with an actual libertarian society. To make a long story short, what would you do with the Hillary Clintons and John McCain's of the government? And what would you, would you do with the cops on the street, virtually all of whom have been violating rights and kidnapping people for owning plants? And does thinking that they are doing the right thing... And helping people matter at all in regards to what happens to them. And I think basically what Drake is getting at here is, you know, say we just somehow convince most of the population or somehow end up with a libertarian government where we start respecting individual rights and that our legal system is based on that concept. Uh, would we be sort of pu putting people on trial who had been a part of violating those rights along the way? And uh, it's a pretty complicated question for not a lot of reasons. A, you know, any kind of advancement towards a libertarian society is never really going to happen overnight. Uh, I think this kind of change in society is going to be very, very gradual over time. It's not like a bunch of people are going to go out and, and read Anatomy of the State by Rothbard and then wake up the next day and poof, libertarianville. So I don't see things happening drastic enough, uh, you know, for to really have this be a concern, but it is an interesting kind of, uh, you know, 
philosophical question. You know, what what do you do with people who have been violating the rights of others in a society when you're trying to sort out the difference between rights and crimes and when a lot of your fellow man is starting to see things the same way? Uh, anybody want to start taking a stab at this? I think this one's going to be an interesting discussion. I, I got a, a few opinions real quick. Okay, well, that's why um, you're here. So that's why you're in a library. <laughs> there's a couple different aspects. I'm assuming he's talking about the police as in the following orders defense that they used in Nuremberg. But I think there, there's a difference there in, in a sense that they're enforcing laws that are at least theoretically democratically enacted. So as far as the marijuana laws, you know, marijuana was banned, banned by the federal government, rightly or wrongly, wrongly, as we all think. But it was banned by the Congress who was elected by the people. And I think that's a big difference then. I thought that everything that Hitler did was legal, though, too. Did, did people vote on um... well, Hitler himself was elected? So, I mean, <laughs> so, you, you could almost argue that and then in, in a way, obviously, they didn't have maybe the same type of representative government that the U.S. does, you know, vaguely anyway. But Hitler was elected. So you could sort of make that same argument there. Was he? Uh, well, OK. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I'm not a historian, no. but I hear people make the argument all the time that, you know, everything Hitler did was legal just because something's legal doesn't mean it's right. So, right. I, I, well, I, I don't think that's really the argument that he's making either. No, I'm saying the but to, to punish them, it because we're, we're electing Congress every, you know, two years, six years, whatever. I don't know. Uh, Senate six and the House is two. So we're, we're continually kind of having these laws up for review based upon our own votes. And I don't know that Hitler was really up for a, a realistic reelection every four years. So to punish the police for enforcing laws that the citizens could change by voting out people. I mean, there's a real possibility of the population coming together and saying, we do not want marijuana to be illegal anymore. And we are going to only elect people who are going to immediately um, change those laws and, and they haven't as a whole, or, or we haven't as a whole, you know, um, whereas in Nazi Germany, there wasn't really, I mean, are people arguing the possibility that, uh, the German people could have, uh, voted out Hitler after four years because they didn't like what was going on in the Holocaust. There's no, no, it by that time it was an authoritarian regime. There was no, um, really option for review by the people. So it, it was out of their hands by the time, you know, everything went down. Whereas here, you know, we could change the law through our votes. And the fact that we haven't, you know, is a reflection on society as a whole. And then you can't really punish the police for enfor enforcing these laws. We have not, um, gotten rid of on our own yet Plus, I mean, even sense? even in nuremberg it's not like every single nazi soldier was was put on trial in nuremberg right. and punished i mean there's people that were that served as nazis that are alive today and they walk freely in the world and i'm not even saying they shouldn't be i mean are you, what are you just gonna jail for life everyone who was a member of of the nazi army you know every and a lot of these people are probably also poor kids who or i don't know i'm sure a lot of people were conscripted into the nazi army um you know a lot of people are, are put into that position now you can't really say the cops are the same and most cops decide to become cops. But at the same time, you know, most most cops kind of think they're doing the right thing. And that, that kind of comes into the question here. But I think, uh, you know, part of this is why stop at the cops? 
you know, cops are merely enforcers. They are merely law enforcers. They're not law creators. Uh, the, the congressmen are law creators, but in another way, your fellow citizen is the law creator. The guy next door who votes for the congressman who supports drug laws, he, I would almost argue he's more responsible than the cops. So then at that point, I mean, do I start jailing my neighbors? Because if we get to this libertarian society, uh, you have to think that those same neighbors are many of the people who have been converted to libertarians. So now we're talking about, you know, when we want to look at who to punish, we're going to have to look at the same people who have luckily changed their views and helped establish a more libertarian, more just society. So we kind of get into a circular thing here. I mean, it's not like there's ever going to be a minority of libertarians rising up against 98% of the population who isn't libertarian uh, and and throwing them in jail. That's not how any of this change is going to happen. Odie, you must be contemplating things very deeply there over your beer. Yeah, well, I think I think you're both of you, both Rico and Mark, you both made points that I, I definitely agree with. Um, and I, I was going to say pretty much the same thing you said, Mark, where, you know, if you're going to if you're going to throw the cops in jail, then absolutely. You have to go after all the people that are all your all the other citizens, all your neighbors and friends who are supporting these laws that the cops are enforcing, which I don't think is is any any smart way to go about that. But that's I think, what I was trying to say, but I said it horribly. <laughs> I, I think you did a good job saying what you were saying, Rico. I, I think one little um, difference, though, that I guess you can highlight is the difference between you know your fellow citizens and police officers, people on that level, and a Hillary Clinton or a George W. Bush or Barack Obama or people in those positions of leadership who have you know ordered extrajudicial killings, who have had American citizens killed without due process. Uh, people who have committed yeah. war crimes, spy, uh, yeah. spied on uh, their fellow citizens. So yeah, Odie, things I, like that. I wanted I, to bring this up. Without this libertarian change, I would have them thrown in jail right now for the laws they have broken on our current books. Not not just because we went to some libertarian society, but for the things they've done illegal right now. They should absolutely. be in jail. Well, yeah, but, sure. I think I think when looking at this, there's a difference between there's <clears> certain very clear violations of not only individual rights, but like how he said actual law that exists right now and people that do both like those guys yeah no sympathy really i mean i think you could start with them start with the people that are violating actual u.s law and violating individual rights in one fell swoop that's a more at least a, a, a finer point to focus on rather than just saying plus every cop and everybody who ever worked for the nsa and everybody that worked for the cia yada 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 because how could you even do that anyway yeah i would for the good of society i mean you, you can't do that we maybe just need to move. one Tongue lashing, maybe like a good talking to to everybody. I, I I think I may be okay with that. And then if you say now, if you do it again, now that we've got libertarian laws, if I see you pulling someone over and and pull and putting them away for weed, we're gonna have a problem, Mister. You know, give them a good stern talking to. But I, I mean, I'm kind of being facetious here, but I, I really do think that focusing merely on you know minor enforcers of the law is just is really not realistic, no matter what kind of society we have. Yeah, because otherwise you got to take it all the way back, and then you're throwing your neighbors out of helicopters, and we don't want to do that. Right, and yeah. I need, and you need to throw past versions Where of yourself out of helicopters. I need to throw 19 year old Mark who like voted for George Bush out of a helicopter because you know is that where, where does it you, end? You haven't heard about the whole libertarians throwing people out of helicopters thing going around? Ooh, Rico doesn't <laughs> no. know about this. We should get it. Yeah. It wasn't in one any of the links how he sent. Blame him. <laughs> Well, I guess it's the uh, it's not news. Hans, it's Hans Hermann Hoppe um, wing of the Libertarian Party um, taking taking from his his ideas 
Um, that really, I, I, I think that's where this question comes from. It's really. sort of two things in one. Yeah, and it is, it is kind of tied into the question. Yeah, uh, like you said, it's, it's the it's the Hans Hermann Hoppe idea that the state is since we don't have private property society, you can view the state as essentially private property and essentially remove people who don't don't aren't for liberty, which would be everybody in this case. But he specifically would say you can move communists or you know people who are. Uh, undesirable. Some would, people have even said Hop is sort of advocating a Hitler-esque racist position uh, because he might imply you could even uh, eject certain t- deplorable elements of society, and maybe some of those are racial. I don't know. Uh, that's that's not what I believe. I'm not even saying that's what Hop believes, so, but that is what some people use a Hoppian sort of logic for. And then the helicopter thing comes from Pinochet in um, sort of a, the fascist dictator in uh, Chile, I believe it was, and uh, he basically basically had a thing where he basically advocated, oh, the communists will just throw them out of helicopters. So that that's the combination of those two uh, sort of memes into one. Wow. Very enlightening. There well you go. said. So, yeah, I mean, I, it, Drake is basically asking, do we throw the cops out of the helicopter? <laughs> that's, that's pretty much. And, and, and I we're saying say, no, but you can throw Hillary Clinton out. Yeah, and McCain. Yeah. I think, I that think was that's what part. we're saying. Yeah. Hillary Clinton <laughs> and John McCain can be thrown out of helicopters after a fair trial, by the can way. We add to this um, list of Barack Obama, George W. Bush, uh, Eric Holder, Loretta Lynch. Um, we, could, we could add a lot of people to this list, probably. Oh, yeah. I'm not actually sure that throwing people out of hel- helicopters would be the form of, of punishment dished out in a no, libertarian society. No, I was society, just thinking jail. But, uh, not, it's, not. Yeah. <laughs> we'll use helicopters as our proverbial catch-all for any sort of punishment because it's fun. Uh, but, Drake, I, I don't think there's a definitive answer to this, to be honest. It's, it's an interesting philosophical discussion, but I'm glad you brought it up because I think it leads to a, a lot of interesting little facets of, of dialogue and, and looking at things from a libertarian view. Uh, we will move on now to a question from... Justin Zelinsky. It's another deep one here. Justin asks, have you put much thought into what are the specifics of moving towards a free society? What should we deregulate first? How can we mitigate as much damage as possible? There are plenty of people today who rely on the existing government programs to survive, and I don't think it's a good idea to ignore the plight of those people. And uh, I actually did a podcast with Steve Horowitz last year uh, about this. And he basically, you know, basically advocates for, you know, do not smash the state is what he says, because he said he advocates for, you know, winding things down, but not just removing everything overnight at once for basically the reasons Justin brought up, because basically there are people that have become reliant on government programs and it wouldn't be necessarily fair. And a lot of those people are hobbled by government regulations. So it's not necessarily fair to regulate the shit out of the economy to the point that so many people are destitute that they need government assistance and then just take away the assistance as if the, the initial regulations were never there hampering them. Uh, that's, that's Steve's idea. And uh, Odie, you and I have kind of talked about this. Uh, do you want to explain the Jenga analogy we've, we've sort of discussed off air before? I think that applies perfectly here. Yeah, so we had a uh, little discussion off air probably about maybe two years ago, a year and a half ago on, on Voxer that went on for God, probably weeks, back and forth, <laughs> back and forth. And it, it, it was this idea of, uh, you know, picture, picture all the rules and regulations in place right now propping up the state as the game of Jenga. And if you haven't played Jenga, it's the game where you have the, you know, the blocks you stack up and you have, to, you have to pull them out. And the person who loses is the one who pulls out the one and it falls over. And everyone yells, Jenga! I think maybe not. Anyway, I've never so actually the, yelled Jenga because I usually play it, the drinking version. But yeah, I think that I think the idea is that you do yell Jenga at some point. Sounds kind of cultish, but I don't it know. Does, right? Anyway, um, 
So the idea here is what what can you pull out to not have the whole thing come crashing down and actually make life worse on everybody involved, on all of society? So from, from my perspective, one thing that I talk about all the time on Felony Friday that I think is clear cut, you can easily stop it tomorrow and there'll be no bad, well, not that there'll be no bad repercussions, but it will. it's, it's a clear rights violation uh, something the government should not be involved in in any way, locking people in cages for for possessing illegal drugs. You could end the drug war tomorrow, and I don't think the whole system would come crashing down. In fact, I know it wouldn't all come crashing down. You might have some people that are that are out of work and have to find a uh, get some new training, get some new skills to find a new job. But I don't think it would be a big problem. So that would be my first. And maybe, maybe that's what we could do. We go around and say what your Jenga piece would be. I don't know if that's an idea. So I would pull out the war on drugs. I like it. I like this idea. The, pull, what what your first Jenga piece would be, uh, yeah, okay. Rico? You, Rico or Howie? You, one of you guys want to pull I, out a piece? I do. Um, my second piece would have been Odie's uh, drug war piece. My first piece, though, would be to stop the wars, stop dropping bombs in other countries, bring the troops home, and start cutting our the military spending. That's my first Jenga piece. Now, even within that, would you bring all troops home from everywhere overnight? Or, I mean, you're kind of an expert on the North Korea situation. Do you think there are certain areas where an, even an overnight pullout would actually be dangerous? Say I was president, I had four years. I would probably have all of our troops out of South Korea in four, within that four years. But I'm not sure on day one. No, not on day one. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's a little, there's a little bit of planning that we need to go on. You need to hand some of the operations over to your partners and whatnot. Um, but I definitely don't think we need to have troops in South Korea or in Japan or in any of these war zones in the Middle East. So I Kim mean, Jong Il wouldn't just I'm take not, over I'm not South saying, Korea I, if we. Left. I wouldn't close every single foreign base around the world, but we don't need to have over a hundred of them. You know, maybe like seven. <laughs> and they're all in Canada. But uh I mean the South Koreans it's a very industrialized rich country they can take care of themselves. Um I don't think we need to it's been 50 years we've been paying for their defense. I don't think we need to keep doing it. Well that that kind of that kind of uh does complicate the foreign policy aspect of it more of bringing troops home is there's a lot of treaties and whatnot that we have with other countries where we have to have, you know, troops in a certain area. Um so it, I think, like you said, maybe it's something that would happen over a few years, several years. Yeah. It's not within, really something you could just do tomorrow. Within the course of four years, I would have most of our troops back in the United States. Rico, you got a Jenga piece you're thinking of? Yeah. You got to be serious about cutting entitlement spending. And I have not seen, um, obviously, no Democrats ever going to be serious, but I haven't seen a, a Republican politician get in and say, look, <laughs> Social Security uh, has to be cut. There's there's no way around it. We are spending too much. We need to. I mean, there there's so many different aspects of Social Security. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to take away grandma's check first. Um, there's 25 year olds getting benefits. There's people that are committing fraud that are getting benefits. So um, don't and that's just say. <laughs> yeah, it's shocking. <laughs> On um, well, un, you know, there's unemployment. Do you, do you, do you mean people that aren't citizens of the United States? Um, <laughs> I, have a story I don't about think that that's what he meant, but I'm air. sure those exist too. Yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the uh, amount of money that goes into entitlement spending, I, I'm pretty sure dwarfs just about everything else in our budget. And 
year, everyone, you know, we're, we're going to be, uh, it's going to go bankrupt. It's going to go bankrupt. No one ever does anything about it. So I agree with both of you. You know, the overseas bases have to be cut down. The military has to come home. The war on drugs is ridiculous. But I think all three of them need to be done. And without all three of those, it's never going to progress. So do, so do you think do you think pulling out that Social Security Jenga piece? And I mean, I, I guess you're saying not pulling the entire, you know, Social Security thing out. Grandma could still have her check. But would that make the Jenga tower wobble a little bit? <laughs> well, it would cause people's heads to explode. So uh, maybe it's <laughs> we might it's be not, screaming Jenga you, right away. Are, are you, are you talking like a, are you talking like a, a phase type thing, though? Like maybe means testing, start raising the age, start reducing the amount of payouts and just kind of. Well, they're already kind of doing the raising the retirement age. I think it's 66 now, and I'm pretty sure it was 62 or 63 a few years ago. So that that keeps bumping up the um, they used to do kind of. Uh, raising the monthly benefits for people by, you know, adjusting for inflation, which was kind of a joke because it, it didn't <laughs> take into inflation at all. But, uh, you know, they do it on a very minimal scale. But, yeah, you can't just cut everything at once like you were saying about the military. You do have to kind of chop it <laughs> off piece by piece. But it there actually has to be an appetite for people who are voting to, to want that. And people don't. Guys, I got some breaking news. Speaking of the military overseas. My phone just vibrated. Apparently, Marines have just arrived in Syria in support for the the fight for Raqqa. Oh, fantastic. So by the time everyone hears this on Monday, uh, maybe we'll be in a full-scale war. Good times. I thought you said fake news. I thought you meant you were like called back into service. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking news. I'm going to to Syria. (laughs) I'm jumping out of a helicopter. Well, this will be a dump for Trump. Uh, even your dogs heard about this news. They're they're really fired up too. No Dog, one's happy in this. How, house Howie's about dogs this. are very anti-war, which is what I've always liked about them. Uh, yeah, I mean the thing is with the the, the uh, entitlements one, I agree it needs to be addressed. But I, when I think of a Jenga piece, I think I'm thinking the idea is that you, something you can end overnight with really no repercussions. So I don't think you could end this, the entitlements overnight, which is not really what you're saying either. Uh, I think you're more looking at it in level of like long term importance. Uh, whereas I, I'm thinking like what can we end tomorrow at where the only people that get hurt are the people screwing people over, like with the drug war. Yeah, some people do get screwed if you end the drug war, in a sense. The people, you know, all the prison guards, all the prosecutors, all the judges, all the people who live their entire lives based on putting people away. Um, and I'm fine if their their lives get a little screwed up because of that, because we stopped violating others' lives. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think you can just end the entitlement programs tomorrow because of, like you said, grandma who's, you know, living on that one check week to week, which which is also not, you know, not what you're saying to do. Um, but I'm just not sure if I would put it in the Jenga category for that reason. Well, everyone has their own opinion. I'm just saying <laughs> people have to change their mindsets to, to actually progress as far as what we want, you know, um, and I'm not saying you're wrong in any sense. Uh, I agree with you. Better I not just, be. Be the last time on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, if, if our Jenga piece has to be something to do immediately overnight, immediately overnight, I would end the Patriot Act and NSA spying. And now go. that we know the CIA spying. One. That'd be the first thing that I would do to start re- restoring uh, civil rights in this country. Wait, but do you think that the CIA only started spying when the, the Patriot Act was enacted? Like, I, I, no. I doubt there was like no, high no, no. fiving. Like, we can finally spy on people. They, they were like, "Oh yeah, we've been doing that no, anyway." That, that's why I said and the Patriot Act and and NSA spying and CIA spying as they're all different things. <laughs> and then there's going to be a uh, hundred congressmen with bullets in their head that voted for the 
for the ending of CIA. Speak, speaking about this whole CIA spying thing, I just got to vent for a minute here. I don't know if this annoys you guys, but it's always annoyed me. And I, I know that, um, you know, we all know people who work in the intelligence field, so don't take this personally. But I always kind of, you know, am annoyed when somebody wears this like a badge of honor when they're like, I used to work for the CIA. Well, I can't talk about what I did then. And it's like I'm supposed to look up to them because they can't talk about what they did. Like that's some noble thing. It's just that's always rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I've never yeah, met I mean, anyone I, who works I, for I just the don't CIA. like. Yeah, I don't, I don't know these people. people <laughs> really? You've never had anybody do that to you? No, oh I don't even. God. I've never experienced this. I've had multiple. I've had you know people that I work for at other companies that. You know, uh, a guy that was my manager at the time, he was introducing himself. That was like the first thing he said. I used to work for the CIA. I can't talk about that anymore. Your boss? Wait, he he went from the CIA to like engineering? Yeah, yeah. That's a weird transition, (laughs) isn't it? I mean, I I just can't see it. Maybe he was undercover. I don't know. (laughs) People that brag like that, like in the army, they'd say, do you know how you know if somebody's a pilot? They'll tell you. (laughs) People <laughs> literally one of the first things to tell you. Like, oh, it's oh, hey, like I'm the a, same way you know if somebody does, same way you know if somebody does CrossFit or is a you know yeah vegetarian. Yep. It's a, it's the same thing. This is just I guess the Intel community CIA version of CrossFit. I guess bragging. so. But I thought they're all <laughs> supposed to be undercover, or at least the like actual operatives, right? You're not supposed to just yeah, go it, outing sure yourself that, afterwards. That's, like right? a, that's a small subset of the agency, I'm sure. Odie, how do you know everyone you met that said that wasn't just full of shit? You should just go around and start saying that. Hey, I used to Maybe be in the CIA. Now I'm a libertarian podcaster, but I used to be in the CIA. I just can't really talk about it. Or just say I'm a libertarian podcaster. I can't really talk about what I do, though. <laughs> you can listen to the podcast. I can't really talk about it, but you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, I didn't do a Jenga piece myself. So uh, since you guys already named uh, some pretty good ones, I do like ending the uh, Patriot Act and all the spying and the drug war, um, all that great stuff. I, I would pull out... I guess I could be specific and say medical patents because I think that's the area that they're the worst. I would end all patents, period. End them tomorrow. Not necessarily all IP. I think copyright is a little bit more of a tricky issue, and I think that's something that could be replicated in the market in in many ways. And I think many things currently classified as patents could fall more into that copyright category. Um, But the the very concept of a patent in the fact that if you – independently think of something and create it on your own even and you can be punished for that if somebody else already filed some paperwork that's just dead wrong uh that's not that's not addressing theft that's not addressing anything it's it stifles innovation it's it stifles freedom and uh it's the reason it's one of the main reasons that our medical costs are so freaking sky high are the fact that we have so many monopolies in the medical industry whether it's on different medical equipment uh medical devices drugs etc the list goes on and on and on i would end that stuff on day one if i had that kind of if i was the dictator of liberty we should put a vote in the forum which you can find on facebook uh, go to facebook.com and the search bar for Alliance of Liberty and the forum will pop up. We can get you in there. We should put a poll in there for which Jenga piece would you remove? We could do that. Can't perhaps, wait to lose another Facebook vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The let's anonymous fit Rico. We're going to fit one more question in uh, before the break here because it's, it's Rico's wheelhouse. And I want, I want Rico to, to go to the break on a high note. That's the idea. Um, we've got a question coming from Trevor Holmes Peterson. Unclear if there's any relation to uh, 2016 Libertarian presidential candidate Austin Peterson. Uh, but Trevor asks, who, in your opinion, is the most libertarian-friendly justice on the Supreme Court? 
And I am going to toss that to Rico first because I have some thoughts, but I don't really have a definitive answer in mind. So, Rico, as as the lawyer in the house, what's your opinion on this? Um, well, I thought this was kind of an easy uh, answer. I would say Clar- Clarence Thomas. He subscribes to natural law principles. Um, a lot of his, but he's not, he's not a libertarian. Uh, he never claimed to be. Um, actually, one of the things that he, uh, it, I don't know if you guys recall when he was confirmed back in 1991. Only thing I remember about that is, is pubic hair in my Coke. <laughs> and if yeah, you're not old enough to know humor, that, I guess to YouTube, yeah. you go kids. But, uh, Joe Biden tried to, you know, derail his confirmation because he, he said, look, this guy subscribes to natural law principles. And, you know, that, that would be a terrible thing to have anything like that on the Supreme court. So, I mean, it's reflected in some of his rulings, uh, but he, you know, he, he does side with the government every now and then the, the competition I think was Scalia, but Scalia was more of a constitutionalist in his, um, rulings. So uh, that's why I had Thomas a step ahead of him. You look at some of the other people, I, I immediately discounted anyone, you know, th- on the, the democratic side of things. Cause they're really by and large, big government lackeys. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other people, Alito's okay, but justice Roberts obviously, um, was all yeah. about Obamacare yeah, finding he's, that, he's, he's the worst. <laughs> you know, constitutional. So it, it's not really a, a tough call in my opinion, but, and then I actually Googled it to see, you know, if my initial impression was kind of, uh, based on fact, uh, other opinions, you know, and, uh, Andrew Napolitano actually had a clip basically saying the same thing. So I think I was going right. to say, I think, I think, uh, I think you must've watched the same Andrew Napolitano clip that I did because I researched this, but one interesting thing that obviously he was saying the same thing as you with, uh, Clarence Thomas, but he said something interesting that from just like a libertarian perspective on things like gay marriage and privacy rights, that justice Kennedy actually kind of is the, is the judge that splits libertarian on that, which is something you wouldn't think of, but makes sense from a civil liberty standpoint. So obviously not really what you would think of as a libertarian per se, but he at least supports some of those libertarian ideals. Yeah. And he recently actually just very recently that Brian talked about it on the last electric Liberty land. Uh, Clarence Thomas had a, uh, a whole diatribe against uh, civil asset for- forfeiture. So Another point in his favor. Uh, and you, Enrico, and you're totally right that the people on the Democrat side, the fact that we even have Republican and Democrat sides of the Supreme Court, I think is just like ridiculous, even though we don't officially have that. I mean, everyone kind of, everyone kind of knows where people fall. Um, Sotomayor, not a libertarian, obviously, in any way, shape, or form. I have seen her say some pretty good things, uh, in regards to civil asset forfeiture, civil liberties, and things of that nature. So I'm just giving her a shout out for that because yeah, I haven't really seen much good from other people, but I've seen a little bit of good from her. So I, I can't argue with anything that you said, but how do you think if he gets confirmed, uh, Gorsuch is going to s- s- uh, stack up compared to them? He seems really good on a lot of issues. Yeah, he 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 um, should be a, a pretty favorable candidate if he ever gets a hearing. I think me and Brian talked about him for a, a while on uh, a couple months ago when he, he was first brought up. I will find ha- that episode of Electric Liberty Land and link to it in the show notes. There yeah, you he didn't. He doesn't have a whole lot of, you know, uh, position set forth, 
but from some of the his writings, it does sound like he can be a pretty libertarian friendly. Yeah, will he even that, get approved? I mean, is that yeah, he a, will. I mean, they could just use the nuclear option. There's no way that they could stop that. He's going to be approved eventually. They're they're not going to ever have it. I think some of the Democrats are saying, oh, we need to have a hearing on Garland. That's not going to happen. Good good luck with that guy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I think they'd be very foolish to to oppose him, actually, because they need to save their firepower for maybe for whoever comes after that, because Gorsuch almost seems like throwing them a bone. Like, look, this isn't that bad, especially for what you guys think. I mean, you know, it could be worse. Did you see one of the Democrats suggested that they convince one of the current Supreme Court justices to step down and they'd vote on Garland and Gorsuch at the same time? If Ruth Bader Ginsburg would leave, I wouldn't be opposed to this. (laughs) Doesn't Garland's nomination just really not matter anymore, though? I mean, (laughs) no. In reality. Yeah. Trump uh, Trump would have to re-nominate him. Yeah. And that's not happening. So. Yeah. Ridiculous. it's like, yeah, go ahead and step down, uh, Ruth, RBG, and then uh, we'll get a- around to renominating Garland. You know, you know how Trump will follow that promise. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and answer a few more letters of liberty. Hey, guys, this is Roger Paxton. And if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow Podcast, striking the root every single episode. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty. Rock and roll. All right, and we are back from break. I'm not going to say it again because you just heard the ad, but be sure to check out all our great friends, so many other great libertarian podcasts out there, and we're all working together to advance the ideas of liberty. There's room for plenty of us. Of course, listen to Lions Liberty first. Don't forget that. Moving along to some more letters of liberty, we got to get to my man, Andrew Swain. Andrew Swain is the MVP of Letters of Liberty questions. I put out the last poll I, I always post every week or so i post uh you know a little uh thread asking for letters of liberty over in the lions of liberty forum again be sure to go join up if you want to submit your questions and andrew just comes in firing away he gave me like six or seven questions so we're not going to get to all your questions today andrew but i'm going to save them and uh you know i'll sprinkle some of them into some future letters but why don't we start with one of them here and uh a- andrew asks this one might be a fun one uh, and we'll see how how deep into our answers any of us are actually willing to get. But Andrew wants to know, what's your favorite law to break? He follows that up with, can you even answer that on air? So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Rico, I feel like, oddly enough, I feel like Rico is in the best position to answer this question because his real name is not public. So do you want to give it a shot? Are you willing to reveal any laws that you may ha- or may not have broken, Rico? I guess my favorite laws to break are the ones that I haven't been caught breaking yet. Because I have been caught a few times. And I've served <laughs> my time. 
so all I've the other in, ones. Yeah. Yes. Um, I like to imbibe. That's legal. I don't You were doing it probably far before it was legal. I think that's a fair assumption for all of us. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Um, Underage drinking. I think we can all agree. Sure. That is probably what at the time was one of yeah. our favorite laws to break. Cause at, I know at, I drank with every one of you underage. At, <laughs> that's what and I was, was going to say in, in my life. My whole life, definitely underage drinking. That's my favorite law to break. And it was more fun to drink when you were underage, too, wasn't <laughs> so it? So much more fun. You're sneaking and around. you drank so much more terrible oh. stuff. I oh, mean, the worst 40s of old E, uh, terrible boxed wine. It was fantastic. Did you ever have good liquor when you were underage? Hell like no. things that cost I more than $6 a gallon? I good liquor I was like gallon. 33. Are you kidding Maybe me? Maybe on like a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I kind of... I don't, I don't smoke anymore, but when I did, since they banned smoking at everywhere, I like smoking places you're not allowed to. <laughs> like where? You just, just light up in bathroom stalls? Like well, we, we have – there's some like – On an bars, airplane? There's some bars where it's like, okay, well, in this room, you can still smoke. It has separate ventilation, this and that. But as the night gets on, you just start smoking wherever you want. You're like, oh, I thought it was this room we could smoke in. See, uh, I don't think that's too one. bad because it's based, it's really – I mean, you are technically violating the law, but it's really more the owner letting you in that case. So I don't really feel like – you know, my libertarian principles well, are, are going the, sound. The, the, the owner is not allowed to let you by law. Right. So he's violating the law too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Can, yeah. can we talk about how awful speed limits are in general? Yes, because um, I, I break them every day. That's another. My one. It's, it's almost goddamn impossible insurance is so much money because I have so many speeding tickets and I'm trying to get to where I need to go. And why is there a police <laughs> officer every mile ticketing me like, you know, well, what? they've I, learned your patterns uh, and they know you're going to be there speeding by now. Like, so that's just, probably why just demand that I send you a check every month. What, for, what kind of car whatever. do you drive, Rico? I, th- I think it's because you're a 16th Puerto Rican. <laughs> it's an eighth. Oh, okay. I, have a, I, have, I have a luxury. So that's uh, twice, twice the reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is it is it know. a red is it a red car? No, it's it's a gray. Gray, gray, yeah, you, gray yeah, vehicle. You think that would blend in? You must just. I guess be when a... you're driving like you know 85 and a 65, they they don't let you go. But you know, what state are you getting these tickets in? Uh, what's let, let me think i've gotten tickets in california montana idaho they new york speed limits on montana pennsylvania yeah, montana, like 80 miles or 90 miles per hour speed limits like 10 people no south Dakota, no no, south no i'm Dakota sorry it wasn't like, it wasn't like montana it was idaho i'm just trying to think of states i haven't got or you know this is just in the last can you years. name states you have not gotten speed tickets in would that be yeah, I haven't, yeah like hawaii i'm good so far <laughs> So it's just it's just irritating. I just want to scream at them like when they pull when they walk up to my car and they're like they act like you're they're doing you a favor. Do you know why I pulled you over today? I hate that question. Yeah, so because much. you want to uh, take re- revenue my collection. Money. Yeah. <laughs> oh my exactly. god, that's gonna be my answer next time. I'll definitely get the ticket, but it'll be a fun moment for me. They won't like it though. Yeah, no. they won't like that at all. And but who is like in favor of this? Why it, it goes along with what we were saying about you know. Um, the drug war not being repealed yet because people don't have it, you know, as a whole, people are not just demanding a hundred percent get rid of drug laws. Why are people not saying a hundred percent get rid of stupid speeding tickets? I bet like, you all our mothers are for it. I'll tell you what though, if, if, if uh, private citizens own the roads though, don't you think that maybe there might be some speed limits? We you, have, I mean, if somebody dies on your road, that could be on you depending on, we have private roads here and you still have to have a speed limit. I ignore all like if there's a traffic 
things on like private, like, you know, in parking lots, you know, they have stop signs or, you know, whatever. I'm always like, fuck you, stop sign. I'm not stopping here. Um, <laughs> do, you say like stop do, you, do you say that out loud to the stop I, sign? Sometimes when I'm thinking about speeding tickets or traffic infractions I've gotten in the past. I can just picture Rico just flicking off the stop. Do you just drive around parking lots thinking about all the other tickets you've gotten on the road so and then, then that you're going to get when you leave the parking lot? I, I yeah, I actually got a letter from the state of California one time. It was pretty funny. It was like a letter of reprimand. It's like you may it literally said this. It said you may think that you're a good driver, but based upon our, our records, you are not. <laughs> <laughs> Did that come with any punishment or just a general like you suck? It was like a. it went on to say, you know, any further tickets may re- result in loss of a license or blah, blah, blah. Those are the letters that will get sent out after the libertarian Nuremberg trials. <laughs> <laughs> you were a very, very bad officer. You should not. You might think you were doing a good job. You might think you were helping people. That was some bullshit when you're arresting but, those kids. But you for were me, not. Bro. But you were absolutely not. So you keep this letter and you read it every night. And that's, that is your punishment, sir. <laughs> Libertarian justice. We read you harshly worded letters. That's right. There needs to be a name for the Libertarian Nuremberg trials. I'll have to, we'll have one of, to toss one that of, around. One of, our, one of our listeners think of something. What will they be called? Maybe that's another thing we can post. Another, another poll. It's going to be a poll madness this week at the Lions Liberty Forum. What should we call the Libertarian Nuremberg trials? See. brainstorm on that one as we move on to another letter of liberty unless anyone has any more legal admissions they'd like to make uh i don't personally i think i've gone as far as i would like to go <laughs> based on you know wanting to keep a career and all those things i well i think you guys all know the story that i could have been on cops once but uh <laughs> i do I, I i didn't know if you'd want to talk about that i'm I'll, more, I'm I'll more say, than happy if i'll you say do. that one for a different time oh uh, maybe we save that one for uh the, the bonus that's a high level tease. That's that's for the high level. That's for the paying members. Yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to join the Lions of Liberty Pride, my friends. Lionsofliberty.com/support to uh, to find out exactly uh, what that story is all about and how Rico could have been on the show, cops. Uh, moving along, let's go to a, a little bit more of a deeper question from Zach Val, and Zach asks, "Can you really legislate morality?" Can you legislate humanity? And he kind of he puts uh, in parentheses hum- humaneness and bene- benevolence. Uh, I think the second one's maybe easier to answer for me. I think, I mean, no, you can't. I mean, you can write laws saying you have to help people, but you're not you're not making them more humane. I mean, this is the argument of of every. Li- I'm not saying obviously Zach's not making that argument. He's setting up a talking point for us. But this is the argument every liberal and every progressive uh, gives. You know, that they, they say, well, we got to write these laws to make these to, and we got to have these taxes, and government's got to do this and that and that because you are an asshole <laughs> because you libertarians and everybody else out there is not going to actually help people unless they are compelled to, uh, by law. Uh, that's kind of a separate question for morality, but what do you guys think about this one? You can go, go a million directions with this. I mean, I think, I think our arguments for law are moral arguments, the things that we think should be legal and should not be. Um, it, it is in a way it's morality that you shouldn't be able to hurt someone or force them to do something against their will or tell them what they can or can't do with their own body. Like these are moral arguments. Absolutely. But I get what, but I get what he's asking though. Like, can you force people to give to charity or be like, you know, how you should treat people? Yeah. I mean, it, that all depends on our definition of morality. Um, you know, some religious people might say you are immoral, 
if you are a prostitute. Um, I would say you are not immoral simply for that act. I would say it might not be the best decision for your life, but you're not doing something mo- immoral because you're not harming another person. You're, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, willfully, you know, using your body to, you know, provide a service to somebody. Um, but other people might say that's an immoral act because their view of morality is not a libertarian view, uh, uh, not a view that looks at are you harming another person, are you initiating violence upon another person as as we look at morality. But I mean, yeah, that uh, to me. True legislation, you know, natural law is is the moral law. It's it's the it's the true morality. It's it's the law that actually tries to look at every person as an individual and to respect the rights of that individual to act in whatever manner they choose, so long as they are not inflicting any kind of violence upon others. So to me, yeah, you can legislate it, but even then, you can't. The legislation, you know, we don't. I don't think the purpose of legislation should be to really even change behavior. It's really just to state what's wrong and what's right. I mean, I don't even know if, if saying murder is illegal has ever stopped a murder. Like, how many murderers are about to do it? And they're like, wait a minute. Like, check the books real quick. Oh, no, I, I, this is actually totally illegal. I, I will not participate in this act. So I don't, I don't know if the law you know, is there to actually legislate even the action, but I, I, I do believe you need to punish or have rules against certain things, such as murder, theft, that kind of stuff. Can't legislation cut against morality in some aspects where people kind of wash their hands of things they might otherwise be active in because they're like, oh, well, the government's going to take care of that. Like, um, the government will take care of People who don't have, you know, health care, they don't have uh, they're they're poor. They 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 don't have a meal. You know, the government will do that. So they'll set up home, um, homeless shelters. They'll provide affordable care, you know, um, whereas if all our money wasn't being taken away by taxes, people would be more charitable. Um, they would have maybe more active in the community trying to, you know, pursue projects, perhaps. I'm way off, but I, I kind of think that the government um, kind of is used as a, an excuse sometimes for people not being more um, humane towards other people. I think that's a really good point, Rico. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there's a lot of people out there who think I voted for I voted for Bernie Sanders, so yeah, you know, he he wants he wants to help people. He wants to help minorities. He wants to give out free college, free health care. So I'm I, I'm moral. I'm doing everything I can. That's how Bernie Sanders supporters talk. So, I mean, it's it's kind of it, it, taking the burden off the individual, like you were saying, to actually be personally responsible and make moral decisions. So maybe this question, the way I kind of look at it, we're talking about the difference between morality, difference between um, you know, there's a personal morality, ways people conduct themselves in their own personal life. You know, maybe they choose not to. You know, do drugs or drink or smoke cigarettes, or maybe they're like Howie and they just want to drink only on Sundays, not every other day. And then there's, you know, the true morality, like you were talking about with natural rights, Mark, where there's a line you got to draw in the sand as a civilized society. You can't be killing people. You can't be robbing people. You can't be committing fraud. So there's, there's a difference between the two. And you can't legislate personal morality. You can't tell somebody, you can't make someone live the life that you want, that, that, that you're living, that you would like them to live. That's just not going to work. It's not going to backfire. So I, I think I think you all make great points. And to that second point, or to the second point of the question, can you legislate humanity? Uh, it's obviously kind of ties into this. Uh, but one thing the the way I like to look at this um, or this aspect of it is, 
you know, government is force, government is coercive, and you know, you can't have humanity, you can't have compassion that is derived derived from coercion. It just doesn't make any sense. They cancel each other out. So you can't have like a, a benevolent act and you're helping somebody, maybe you're giving them health care, you're you know, giving them some some food or something like that, but you're stealing that from someone else. It it just doesn't work that way. It, you can't. I mean, it's just if you looked at it just in a you know just a straight up scenario, you can't you know rob someone on the street and give it to a homeless person, and you're doing a good act. It doesn't make any sense. I agree fully with the Odie there, and uh, unless we got more words on that, I just want to fit in one more question. From a man, Austin Broderson, because he is a member of the Lions of Liberty Pride. Not just because I would have read your question anyway, Austin, uh, but because of that, Austin might actually find out uh, about Rico's story, about Rico's cop story a little bit later. But uh, Austin asks, how much vacation should the president be allowed to take? And how should that amount be decided? The president should pay for all of his personal expenses out of pocket, but the additional cost of security should go to the voters because we put him in danger by electing him. So how do we decide how many days of vacation we are willing to provide for? And should he be allowed to travel without security if it exceeds whatever you know number of days we come up with? That's kind of an interesting question because in a, in a way, there's a lot of different ways you can look at this. I do hear liberals you know, being very upset that Donald Trump is going to Mar a Lago and is playing golf, uh, I guess a decent amount. Um, I'm not upset by the fact of it. I mean, we can look at the money part of it and maybe be upset about that. I mean, a lot of people are mad that Melania is living in New York with, with her son and then Baron Trump and they're, they, so they need all security and they got to rent out Trump Tower to be there for the security. Uh, you know, there, there's definitely ways you can say that maybe Trump's particular situation is excessive, but I'm pretty sure every president ever has had his family wherever they are, followed by Secret Service, and it probably ran up a, a big bill. So I don't, I don't have extra hyperbole because of Trump over this. Uh, at the end of the day, though, if you're a libertarian, um, or even if you're just somebody who hates Trump and thinks he's awful, shouldn't you want as much vacation as possible? Mark, can I say something about that? No, I'm sorry. Um, we got to end the show, but thank you guys. It's been a blast. No, of course. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I really think he spends a lot of time at Mar-a-Lago because he probably thinks that the White House is tapped and there's too many spies around there and it's more private for him down there. And it's not like, I mean, when he was golfing with the prime minister of Japan, it was business. He was getting stuff done. I don't think any liberal thinks that Donald Trump isn't doing enough. I think they all think he's doing way too much. And right. the other In which day, case, you want him on more vacation. And the other day I thought, I mean, with how divided the country is right now and all the threats and everything, maybe he wants Melania and Barron away from him for their own safety. That's an interesting point, too. I mean, I, I honestly think Melania doesn't really never really thought that Donald Trump was going to be president and just thought this was a thing. And then suddenly it became real. But she was like, you know, I mean, she just wasn't ready to become a first lady and doesn't really want to do that. And frankly, she shouldn't have to. Why should she have to? Why should there's no there's nothing in the Constitution about a position called first lady that the wife of the president must hold. There, there's nothing in government about that. And there's no reason for it. So if she doesn't want to do first lady stuff, I don't care at the same time. 
how am I, how are we to say that she's not entitled to the security because she does need it because obviously she's at a major security risk being the wife of the president. So yeah, I can see how people would be a little up in arms about maybe the cost, but come on, these people didn't get the same people upset about that did not care about Obama's hundred million dollar vacations to, to uh, Hawaii, to India, all over the freaking world and, and ran up humongous bills, not a peep. Trump starts going to Mar-a-Lago and, and they get, you know, all up in arms about it. It's, it's just reeks of hypocrisy. These aren't the costs that are bankrupting us. This is pennies. This is nothing compared to yeah. like our real financial problems. Uh, yeah, but we have not addressed the actual question. So what do you what do you guys think about how, how I don't really know how that should be determined. Maybe they should write a law. Maybe there's just be like, yeah, president can take eight weeks of vacation. I don't know. Maybe there should be some law about uh, it. But- how does it work for Congress? Um, they have to be in Washington to vote well I, I suppose a lot of them skip votes anyways but yeah, right. they theoretically have they have to they, they don't have to Washington. be anywhere right marco rubio is always on vacation as far as and i then, can tell there's no requirement for congressmen to ever be in, in congress literally yeah. ever because they miss votes just, all the time you just won't get reelected. I mean, maybe, why, maybe why do they have to be in dc to actually vote on the bills i, I guess we're going on tangent or i'm going on tangent why can't they have facebook forums and just do a poll like we do at the lions <laughs> liberty forum and call it a day like i don't get you gotta it. go to dc to meet with the lobbyists so you can oh. get secure your re-election and you don't so want to do that over for. email because then wikileaks will release it it all makes sense now makes sense hmm. Let, let's touch on this one real quick i mean i mean i don't think any of us are honestly going to come up with a number of days that we think that the, the president should have I, I do think it might not be the worst idea to to codify it in some way just so people can't argue like this president took more days of vacation this person this president took less i don't think trump takes vacation though honestly it's it, like how he kind of said he goes to mar-a-lago and he fucking like is like he's there to like work and to me and i think that's a good theory you had howie about him wanting to be away from the white house and not trusting I mean, Nixon had the White House bugged and it actually screwed him over. But I I would not be surprised if parts of the White House are bugged by people that are trying to undermine Trump. So it totally makes sense that he would go to a place that he he knows is secure or at least, you know, to to an extent that he can control and maybe wants to have more important discussions there. Um, But at the end of the day, I don't I don't know how you should decide. I do think that, like Austin said. Personal expenses, every dime of that, that should not, none of that should come out of taxpayer money. The time, you know, he can, he can keep his salary and Trump's not even taking a salary, by the way, which as far as yeah. I know, he's the first president to do that. Um, maybe there president was somebody else. only make like what, like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 a year well, or something Well, Clinton ridiculous. raised it or it was either Clinton or Bush that raised it. Now it's like 450K. It's what? not a bad salary. Again, nothing that's bankrupting the United States in the grand scheme, but it's, it's a gesture that he's not taking a salary. They're actually making him take a dollar a year. Or yeah, he has to take a dollar or something like that. <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, the, the issue of of presidential vacation doesn't worry me really at all because again, as, as libertarians or people that are libertarians that want the federal government doing less, hey, vacation away, man. Like take like most of the year, take three hundred and fifty days. Like I'd be yeah. totally fine with that. Not to go off on a tangent, but I've, I've talked about this in the forum before, but just a vacation as a thing overall, because, you know, people, anyone that has a corporate job or a government job, you get vacation. I, I think it's so stupid. It, it's treating people like children that you get this many days of vacation. You got to be in the office from this time to this time. It's just get your work done. Get your job done. Right. I don't care I if Trump is playing golf or what he's doing, as long as he's actually, you know, acting as president of the United States and. You know, as a libertarian, I don't want him passing a lot of laws that violate my liberty. So I don't really give a shit how much vacation he takes. Nope, just do the job. And if you don't do it, we won't vote for you again. Just it's do not your like job. They can't reach him to do the job when he's in Mar-a-Lago or 
Um, like nine eleven happens, he's gonna be like, ah, no, I'm gonna click. He did like the phone. He still got two. He still got two holes left. It's like, ah, uh, I'm on hole sixteen. I don't know. Uh, me tell me bar. about it later. Tell me about it later. I'll be at the bar. Yeah. Although he won't be because he doesn't drink. Not even on Sunday. Drinking club not, soda. Not even on Sunday. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that's gonna do it. I hope you enjoyed our our dive into the mailbag, into the letters of liberty. And be sure to tune back in a little bit later in this week. If you are not currently a member of the Lions of Liberty Pride at the $5 or level higher, you can do that again by going over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. If you're not currently a member, be sure to sign up this week because as soon as we're done with this, we're going to record another little segment that I'm calling the Conspiracy Corner. This is going to be available only to paid subscribers. And this is basically based on a, a poll, another one of those polls uh, that we posted in the Lions of Liberty Forum where we're going to take a look at the most voted on conspiracy. And, and as of right now, it looks like we're going to be talking about 9-11, specifically uh, whether George Bush had foreknowledge, and because that, that was the most voted on conspiracy. So we're going to be talking about that in just a minute, and you can get access to that by joining the Pride. So head on over to lionsofliberty.com slash support, sign on up, and you can hear us bullshit some more for you. Uh, until next time, guys, be sure to check out Electric Liberty Land this coming Wednesday. And of course, be sure to check out John Odermatt, Felony Friday this coming Friday. Until next time, guys, live long and, and live, live.